Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia, and I'm joined by my co host, Tiran. Hi, hey, Sophia. Hey, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. Excited for today's topic. I feel like we've been neglecting sourcing for a long time. So yeah, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So today's topic, which is the top three sourcing strategies. So three ways to make sourcing better, your sourcing better. And I think you know that's definitely the case. The sourcing is a very important component. Although Although you can have a lot of high quality inbound candidates, I think mm-hmm. sourcing is some, a channel that you should always think about building out for the long term of your company's um, talent acquisition. So, yep, um, uh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Unless you're something like Google or Facebook where everybody is applying to you, everybody knows your brand, everybody who starts a job search kind of and they're considering working at somewhat bigger company, they're going to come and apply. Uh, and even they do sourcing for companies that have any smaller talent brands without mm-hmm. augmenting your inbound applicant pool with outbound sourcing, you're just not going to get far because you're going to be missing a huge chunk of the market that just never considered you in their job search process. Yeah. And I think, you know, from the having a great healthy portfolio of channels that you can really leverage, right? Because mm-hmm. there are the pros and cons and things that, that can each channel can do. So sourcing as an out, outbound, I think is a, a definitely an important one. So let's start with number one tip. How can I yeah. make my sourcing better? Number one tip is follow up, follow up, follow up. And what that means is you would be shocked how many times I've seen sourcing organizations and sourcers send one message and just move on, right? Like sending one message and just moving on is, uh, you might rationalize it by like, I don't wanna be annoying. I don't wanna just kind of keep uh, bugging people. Uh, Mm -hmm. If they were gonna get back to me, they would. It's an interesting argument, but the truth is when you look at the numbers, that argument doesn't hold up. The truth is there are a million reasons aside from not being interested that someone might fail to get back to you. Starting from I looked at that message, I got distracted. Like somebody pinged me on Slack as I was about to respond and just forgot to get back. Yeah, and everybody is so busy, right? So like you you meant to take care of it, but it could just easily fall into a crack. Yeah, so like making the assumption that they didn't get back to you because they weren't interested is not really correct. And Mm -hmm. also timing, right? Like just because I wasn't interested like a month ago when you first reached out, doesn't mean I'm not interested a month later. And... Maybe you space it out if you're worried about being too annoying. Maybe you space it out a little bit. But things change and things can change overnight. So even if they were not interested when you first reached out, you're not going to be top of mind. Like three weeks later, when all of a sudden things change, Mm -hmm. uh, you want to always come back to be top of mind and make sure that uh, if circumstances have changed, you're the first opportunity that they're thinking about. And right. if you go to sales, right, like there is that, you know, the parallel you can draw here is outbound uh, opportunity generation and their entire company's unicorns build on this core idea of like automating follow-ups. And these days you're getting a lot of the similar stuff happening on uh recruiting side as well. Like there is a company called Jam and several others that all they do is 
automate the follow-ups because that's how important it is for the industry. Right. So don't give up after the first, you know, try, just be consistent and persistent. How about, do you have any um, tips on whether it should be the same channel three times or multiple times, or should you try to be more diverse and, you know, approach from different channels? Uh, unless you're worried about them not opening your initial reach out, right? Whether it was email or LinkedIn or whatever it was. Uh, I don't think it makes sense to diversify the channels because it could feel more like you're stalking the person rather than just making sure they saw your message, right? Because mm -hmm. if you know they are going to open your email, if there's a pretty good chance, or sometimes on LinkedIn, you can even see if they have read it or they don't read it. In that case, pinging the same channel is probably a better idea than being like, oh, by the way, look, I found you on Facebook too. Are you sure you're not interested in this opportunity? <laughs> yeah, like pops up in every corner. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sounds good. Let's talk about number two. Yeah, number two is not handing off the candidates too early because, you know, as a sourcer, when you are starting to develop a relationship, at the end of the day, they respond back not just to the job opportunity, but also to you as a human, depending on what you said in your initial reach out. And if the first thing they get back is like, great, you know, glad you're interested. Here's a recruiter, go talk to them. It's not a really great way to start it because at the end of the day, the goal of the sourcing organization, the goal of the sourcers is just to get hires, uh, not just get a handful of people interested and pass them off. And one good way to do that is to keep that relationship a little bit more warm, like build them up, get them more excited. And also most likely that initial interest is like, sure, tell me more and not necessarily yes, I'm dying to work for your company already, right? So part of the sourcer's job should be to get the candidate excited, interested in the company, excited to go through the interview process before handing them off to a recruiter who will take them through the on-site interviews and extend them an offer, hopefully. And, and this is another mistake. Mm, yeah, go for it. What's your thoughts on, because a lot of organizations, you know, they either do a very clear specialization, like sourcing is done by a sourcer, mm -hmm. and then the, the next step further down is by recruiter. But some yep. organizations also have the philosophy that it should be full cycle, like all the way from sourcing, develop that relationship, all the way to that person gets hired. Yeah. What's your kind of a thoughts on pros and cons of having that split? I think the best way is somewhere in the middle. I do think doing full cycle uh, recruiting can be too much because, uh, you know, very different types of activities, right? Offer negotiations and on-site candidate experience and things like that. And going back to sourcing, a lot of recruiters find it hard to like do all of those activities and keep consistency. Uh, but it also shouldn't be the other way around where it's like sources just to sourcing and then hand it off as soon as somebody expresses interest. I think there is a mixed version of that where you can source, you can get the candidate experience, candidate interested, you can pitch them, get them very excited, get them into the interview funnel and still keep the relationship. I mean, you don't have to be like, okay, bye, my job is done. No, you're still there. You're part of the recruiting team. Uh, but then someone else like a recruiter who hands, handles the second part of that equation can take a more of a driving seat in that overall experience. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So I kind of approach as a team, it's a, you as a, a team for this particular candidate all the way through and, and they yep. could be like recruiting coordinators and other people as well. So just make it as a, we are all excited for you and kind of take them through. Yeah. Sure. 
Absolutely. And that brings us to the third point, which is building long-term relationships, right? Recruiting at the end of the day is about finding amazing people who you want to work with and building that relationship so that if it's not today, then a month, six months, a year later, they would be interested in working with you and working for the company that you're recruiting for. So not approaching sourcing as just a numbers game, right? I'm going to reach out to 100 people, uh, get X number of responses, and then move on. doesn't really work that way. Because the chances that you know the X number of people that you've reached out are at the right moment in their life, in their career, that they want to change jobs is low. But if they do generate any sort of interest, any sort of a response, uh, you have an opportunity to build a relationship and a relationship that can pay off months later. Like it's a long-term game, right? Because in that long-term game, one way or another, they will remember having a great experience and like being impressed by how you presented a company. Uh, so next time they are open to a job, you'll be one of the first people they think about to reach back out and say, hey, I'm on the market. What would you recommend? And thinking about it from a perspective of how can you add value, right? Because the way you build your own long-term relationships is by adding value without expecting anything back, right? So like if I'm talking to you and you're an engineer uh, considering a job search, I want to be extremely honest with you and give you like career advice from my perspective of like, hey, maybe it's not a good time for you to consider working this company uh, instead of trying to just take off a box and get a number on my spreadsheet. Uh, if I feel like it's not a fit for you, I would rather tell you, I don't feel like right now is this, you're going to enjoy this job. So maybe let's reconnect a couple of months later. That's going to pay off a million times more than just trying to like push it through and hit your numbers instead of building that long-term relationship. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I think those were all great tips for, you know, improving your sourcing game. Thank you so much for joining today and sharing your tips. And for more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please go to dpr.codesignal.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>